Hey, everyone out there in Radioland on the internet and here at the Knockdown Center in Maspeth, Queens. My name is Greg Rubin, and I'm broadcasting live on belair-org here from the internet, Yami Ichi, the 2016 second annual edition of this delightful internet swap meet. Um, and what I'm going to be doing this hour from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time is conducting uh, free interviews that have some kind of therapeutic quality to them. So uh, if that sounds interesting to you, stop on by. It's easy. It's personal, but it's not intrusive. And uh, we're going to kick things off right now with my friend, Sid Newman. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. Hey, I hope it's okay that I used your last name. Absolutely. It's not that kind of therapy where there's like patient you know, doctor confidentiality. We're not going to hit that, those kinds of nerves. Even if you wanted to, I'm an open book. Okay, so uh, what's been on your mind lately? What have you been thinking about? Um, I think a lot lately I've been thinking about what a lot of people are into thinking about. What am I doing with my life? Yeah. Where am I going? Okay. Where's the end mark? What's the next step? Right. Assessing your goals. Okay. So I think that's what I've been working through mostly lately. So you feel like you need to make a change? Um, I feel like... I need to make a decisive change if you want to start working towards a career. Okay. What kind uh, of career is interesting to you? Well, by trade, I'm an artist. I okay. think what I really want to do is um, work in book publishing. I have a book of my own. Loved doing it. Loved making zines. And uh, I think I want to make a career out of it. Okay. So what do you like about that? Um, I like that it's something that's easily tradable. Kind of, you know, more... And with the internet, there's such a nice dichotomy between being able to do things online, like online zines and Tumblr and all kinds of blogs like that, and the finality of getting to, like, you know, hold a book, hold a zine, the kind of object, almost sculptural aspect of that, that kind of comes with, similar to comic books or trading cards, any collectible object. Um, and nowadays, you know, there, there are zines and books about, you know, fine art, about self-care, about mental illness, about body positivity, all these great important issues. And some are just, you know, people sharing their art. So it seems like this really great way to be part of the community and, and to make art that isn't just on a screen, but that you can hold in your hands. Right. So you mentioned a few issues there. Is there something in particular that's really close to your heart that you're interested in? Uh um, mine is mostly about fine art, my books mostly, but the okay. right now I'm working on a um, zine about domesticity okay. um, with my cousin and um, kind of the, the t- typical gender roles that go into keeping a household and um, also kind of, you know, dissuading that and saying, you know, he- here's how to be domestic on your own without feeling like you're in those typical gender roles. Right. So, you know, um, more stereotypically... Uh, in, in, I'd say, you know, a heteronormative household, the man does the taxes and the bills and um, kind of kind of trick, take, take that away and say any person can, you know, pay their own bills, do their own taxes. Here's a kind of how-to guide, um, also in a very kind of beautiful presentation to kind of learn those things on your own, whether you're, you know, cis male, cis female, or anything in between. Sure. Um, kind of taking that power back out of that, that kind of stereotypical cookie-cutter Feel. You feel like those roles have held you back in your life? Um, I think those, n- not this particular role of you know paying bills, but a lot of those very proper gender roles ha- are not have taken a, a place in my life. And you know, some of the people I interact with, male or female, you know, um, I think it's often ignored that feminism is not just about women; it's about 
you know, feminism for men as well. Okay. Um, you know, toxic masculinity, all that stuff. Um, and I feel like that is definitely uh, interacted in a lot of my relationships and friendships. Um, that there are these, you know, kind of ideas about, you know, boys do this, girls do this, um, boys dress this way. Um, and of course, this is often harped on, but I think it comes out in my relationships, even subconsciously. Okay. Do you love the internet, Sid? I love the internet and everything it brings. I think it's worth all the bad stuff and that as our society grows, we can maybe nix a little of that bad stuff. It brings so many good things together and so many different communities together. Um, I, I love the internet. Do you believe in the dream of the internet? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Thank Sid. you. Thanks, Greg. So we have our next interviewee here. Uh, it's a friend of mine, Ashy Diamond. That's me. Hello. Ashy, what's been on your mind lately? What have you been thinking about? Hmm. Uh, molecular, molecular biology. What about it? Uh, I don't know why it took me so long to be so excited about it. It's so fucking cool. There's like, there's, okay, so there's this, this cycle in, uh, in photosynthesis where uh, carbons go through the cycle over and over again, and it's possible for one carbon to essentially be stuck in the same cycle for its entire life instead of never becoming like glucose or anything. It's like purgatory for carbon molecules, and I think that's really cool. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like studying molecular biology has given you a, a greater appreciation for human life? For nature? For nature. For nature. For, for the, the amazing natural systems and be very proud that everything has managed to live for as long as it has without us messing it up. Do you, do you feel overcome by beauty in the world? When you go outside, you walk around? What's the last beautiful thing that you saw or experienced? Um, aside from a lot of things here, I was walking down the street outside and I saw an opening ceremony bag that was torn open and contained um, empty McDonald's soda cups. And it was just by accident. And I thought that was really great. <laughs> when was that? Maybe 45 minutes ago. That's great. Do you feel like you have those kinds of moments every day? Yes. What about with people? Do you feel like you, you see the, the beauty in mankind and humanity? Yes. Sid says no. I say no? yes. No? Yes. What was, what was the last time that you felt connected to society to to look something greater than all of us greater than our friends greater than you here at here. the internet yamiichi that's great mm -hmm. what brought you out to the internet yamiichi it's like my favorite day of the year do you love the internet i i love the internet but i love what people do with the internet and i love i love meeting the people from the internet in real life what do you what do you what do you like about it what, what do the people do uh, what is that they recontextualize things that are incredibly like the most common and accepted and mundane parts of the internet make it more exciting and more critical and uh, 
and 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 remove it from its from its original context and make it something that's tangible and an experience and you could do it in real life with real people but it's still super internet do you feel like the internet could have more tangibility or are you okay with the ethereal nature of the internet like an internet of objects like a toilet that's online oh no is there anything that you feel critical about with the internet well sure tell me oh god do you hate the internet i guess i hate the internet you love it and hate it yeah it's just, it's a fire inside me it's a constant battle it's a war waging raging in my heart do you believe in the dream of the internet what's the dream of the internet greg you tell me. <laughs> I mean, I think that we, I think that we're all sort of aware that there were these founding ideals, and it was mm -hmm. meant to be this egalitarian space. And, and I'm curious if you identify with that vision. Do I identify with a vision, or do I think it's been a success? Well, do you believe in it? I guess that sort of wraps both of those questions up into one. I I think I I. In an idealist way, I believe in it, but I think that it's created a different set of patterns, behavioral patterns that have not necessarily, it's sort of a, less, less ideal, more sedative. You know, there's more, there, there are more patterns that we've like, we've fallen into now uh, that, that are being critiqued by a lot of people here, which is wonderful, that have sort of trumped this idea of, um, you know, accessible information, accessible art, accessible people, um, and, and has instead become just like a different, a different stage for, uh, for social patterns that can be regulated by people who are doing it for profit. Okay, Ashley, <laughs> thank you for your time. No we problem. Have, we have one interview coming up right now. Come on. Well, I'm done. I don't want to. Ashley's, Ashley's interview is done. I don't want to do it. <laughs> she, no, she, ha she already has therapeutic relief, so. Thank you, Greg. Hang on one second. Thanks for listening, everyone.
Okay, so we have a new interviewee sitting down right now. Uh, what's your name? Marianthi. Marianthi. Yes, Ooh, you got it. Marianthi. Yeah. Is that all one word? It's, it's all one word, yeah. Would you mind sitting up closer to the mic, Marianthi? Sure. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Can I adjust this? Let's see. Right. Uh, yeah, you can adjust Is it. Is that better? Yeah, that's better. Okay. So, have you ever been interviewed before on internet radio? No, I didn't even realize this was internet radio. Yes, yeah, so, uh, maybe a couple people are listening right now. Okay. So, you can say hi to everyone out there on the internet. Hello, world. Okay. Marianthi says hello. Um, so, what I'm doing here is um, conducting interviews that have a loosely therapeutic quality to them. Okay. So, it'll be personal, but it won't be intrusive or anything. Great. Okay. So, yeah, I'm down for this. It can be intrusive. That's all right. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, why don't you start by telling me what's been on your mind lately? What have you been thinking about? Um, I've been thinking about uh, work a lot. Uh, I'm a high school math teacher. Okay. And I've just been thinking about um, character development, like uh, like developing students' characters uh, and, and trying to be a, a role model, but also trying to be real uh, and realistic. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's a lot. So how long have you been a math teacher? I've been a math teacher for seven and a half years now. And what, what got you interested in teaching in the first place? I really liked math, and I studied math in college, and I started tutoring, and realized I really liked that. So, just like a natural progression. Is it the kids too, to some extent? Do you like, do you like working with high school kids, or is it I, more frustrating? No, I would say generally uh, teenagers are a lot cooler than adults, actually. You so. find yourself connecting with them on a deep level? Um, maybe because, yeah, I'm, I'm probably a little immature too, so yeah. 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 <laughs> so as far um, as, you know, being that kind of great teacher, not just a good teacher, but a teacher that they're going to remember that really does have an impact on their character... Mm -hmm. Has that been something that you've aspired to do with your work since the beginning? Or what, were you just kind of focused on doing the math stuff at first? Uh, definitely mostly focused on the math stuff. Um, I, I think the character thing has been something more recent. I mean, I think it's always been on my mind, but now it's more of a focus for me. So, so what does that look like? Is that identifying a couple of troubled kids and bringing them in after class or is it just trying to be chill and approachable during the class period how do you, how do you do that um, it's actually yeah maybe maybe that's that's part of it um, but there's also this element of like uh, trying not to perpetuate these these norms that have been established that I think are kind of um, damaging like if a student decides to uh, <laughs> talk about something that's taboo, like sex or drugs, and the immediate response that I think they expect is like, that's bad, <laughs> don't talk about that, that's not appropriate. Um, but I'm trying to find a way to have these conversations uh, in an intelligent way that doesn't really, uh, I don't know, um, take away from the fact that we're in like a professional professional environment uh so yeah that's so are those one-on-one -on -one conversations or are drugs and sex topics that just come up during math class i mean jokes jokes about drugs and sex will come up during any class whether it's math or english or yeah it, i think i've been out of high school too long i don't remember that <laughs> during my math classes yeah, yeah yeah i remember english being very freewheeling 
freewheeling. Yeah, yeah. English is, is one of those subjects. Yeah. 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 Cool. Like you're reading things that can spark topics, but with math, it's you know it's less clear what the connection is to our everyday lives. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that's true? Do you try to make math relevant to the kids' lives? Um. Hmm. No, I would say I, I actually, I don't like to focus too much on applying math to their lives as much as I'm trying to teach a way of, of thinking and uh, reasoning, and I hope that that's something they can apply, so. That's yeah. great. Are you one of these people that sees like, like kind of like the movie Pi or like Life is, <laughs> like, is it, wait, not Life is Beautiful, that's about the Holocaust. Um, the beautiful one about the math, mind. yeah, beautiful yeah. mind. You know, like there's people that are into like the metaphysical properties of math and mm. see meaning and numbers and all, and like the universe and everything fits together. And are you like that with math? No, but I think that's what I envisioned math was when I was 16. Um, so I, re I remember watching Pi and thinking, this is this is what I'm gonna be like someday. Uh, and that wasn't always like that wasn't like a positive thing, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, I don't really see math that way. I think it's more of like a reasoning exercise and problem solving. So, okay. Yeah. Do you live in New York City? I do. I live in Queens. Do you like Queens? I love Queens. Yeah. I live in Woodside. It's a great neighborhood. Oh, I like Woodside. Good food. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like there's anything that can be improved? Anything that you'd like to see changed in New York City? Um, oh, gosh. I guess trying to establish like a stronger sense of community within neighborhoods I think that would be really nice um, I see it happening in Brooklyn with these like communal gardens I see a little bit of it in Queens but I, I'd like to see more of it yeah. I agree with that so last question mm -hmm. what's your message of positivity for everyone listening out there on the internet right now um, gosh uh, oof, positivity uh, it's hard sometimes but uh, you should really try to focus your energy on loving yourself I think yeah Thank you, Marianthi. <laughs> Thanks. This was super fun. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs>
Do you think if you went, you would prefer to have a male or a female therapist? I don't know. Um, I feel like in general, I'm more at ease with doctors that are women. Interesting. Um, but like, I wouldn't be opposed to a therapist or any kind of other kind of like professional person if they if they were like a good fit for me otherwise. So, right. You know. Well. It's tough because, you know, it takes a while to try out a new therapist. Mm -hmm. And when you're choosing, you know, maybe you go on ZocDoc or something, but you're going to be looking for a person. You're going to be judging these people based just off of their name and maybe where they are in in New York City. And it's it's hard. Sometimes you have to make those kinds of judgment calls. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like when you're choosing a doctor or a dentist, you're looking for a particular um, ethnicity or a particular... Honestly, like, I do feel more comfortable with, like, people who I feel like would understand me and my life experience better. So I'm probably actually most comfortable with, like, younger Asian women as, do- as like, my doctor. Even, sure. Like, just, like, as somebody that I would pick, but not necessarily that, like... Well, I'm, I'm biased towards Jewish doctors. <laughs> and, yeah, I'll admit it. I mean, yeah. uh, Jewish attorneys and Jewish doctors, mm-hmm. I make sure that if I'm hiring either one, it's definitely right. got to be a Jew. Yeah. I mean, I think it's normal for us to, especially for something like a doctor or a lawyer or somebody that, or a therapist or something where they, you have to feel like, you have to kind of like let them in. Right. in a way or like for them to it, it, it makes sense for us to want to have somebody else who can like who, who we feel like could understand us right where are you from Nicole um I grew up in San Jose California okay yeah. has, has it changed a lot since you were a kid um I guess so uh, well I actually grew up my so I was born in China and then I spent my early childhood in Canada and then from fourth grade on, I grew up in California. Okay. And, like, it's an interesting place to grow up because it's, I grew up in the heart of Silicon Valley, um, so surrounded by, like, you know, tech giants, um, but without really understanding what that meant or, like, or that it was a place that was, like, interesting for that reason, because I just grew up in suburbia, basically, so. Right. But it's interesting to, like, later, you know, become an adult and, like, look back at that place and the kind of, um, I think, like, mythology uh, that surrounds that place and just, like, contrast that with, like, my experience just growing up there. It's, yeah, it's, it's, interesting. it's interesting when you come back and you, and you see it through the lens of an adult for the first yep. time and you sort of, the meaning of things change for mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Things that are familiar change meaning. Yeah, but it's also just, like, I grew up in a very Asian environment like my high school is like 80% Asian kids who are um, who had families very similar to mine like my parents uh, are like highly educated immigrants who moved to work in the tech industry Um, and all of my friends and classmates their parents were like that too Um, which is like a very specific kind of thing Um, and sort of a I guess a unique homogenous kind of culture in America I guess is sort of like a lot of like highly educated Asian immigrants. Sure. Um, And just in that, but like just, I grew up in like Chinese Cupertino, which is like separate from like Apple Cupertino. You know what I mean? Do you like America? Yes. 
you yeah. believe in America? I do. And I think that because I'm an immigrant, I don't take it for granted in the way that I feel like a lot of people who are not immigrants do sometimes. Like, I feel like I, I often hear white people being like, fuck America. Like, I'd rather, like, this place is garbage. Like, why would anybody, like, there's nothing here. And you're kind of like, well, I mean, it's easy for you to say that. But actually, for a lot of people who moved here and, like, became, you know, naturalized or whatever, it's like a whole process and there there are lots of good reasons for that. What would you say to an American citizen who just feels sort of disengaged with America? They don't feel like they're they don't feel like being American is their identity somehow and, and they don't don't really identify with with the country. Well I don't think I mean I think it's okay to not identify strongly or something as American but I think maybe like for me for example I feel American when I leave America usually when I travel um, is usually when I have to think about my own identity because of actually a lot of it is because like being an Asian American person when I travel people usually don't think of me as American and so that makes me sort of react in a way that's like more strongly like feeling like I identify as an American because other people look at me and they don't think of me that way but that's that's who I am actually okay so last question for you Nicole what is your message of positivity for everyone out there listening on the internet right now man Um, my message of, of positivity is I think something that I've come to realize or learn relatively recently in my life or think about is that like I think we should all be trying to do creative things and learn new skills and do things that are fun even if we think we're bad at them because we're adults now and we can't like learn new things I don't think that's true I think we should continually be trying to do things that are fun that are new and things that we aren't good at because I mean because there's a lot of joy in being a beginner at something there's a lot of freedom in trying to do something that you're not supposed to be an expert in so that's my that's what I would encourage that's, people to do that's great that's inspiring and I think perfect for the atmosphere of the internet Yamaichi yeah. with tons of makers and people yeah, that are trying exactly. to do things and say things and I appreciate and thank thank you for your time, yeah, Nicole. Thank you, Greg. Great interview. Okay, so we have a, a new interviewee that just sat down. What's your name? Uh, my name's Matt, and I just knocked down your stuff, and I'm going to try to put it back up right now. Oh, that's a totally okay. Okay, excellent. Yeah, my name's, uh, should I give my last name? Or if you'd it? like. My name's Matt Hawkins. Matt Hawkins. Yes. Okay, Matt, where are you from? I'm, well, I'm originally originally from Washington State, but I've lived here in New York for about 20 years, so I think that makes me a New Yorker, I think. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that you could, yeah. You, If you want to claim it, I think you can. Some people say I was a New Yorker when I was in Washington. Some people, I go through the, you know, when you date a lot, uh, there's the there's the debate like, oh, are you a New Yorker? And in my opinion is it's either between 8 to 12 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Are you a New Yorker? No. Four oh. years. Four years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, that's not a hard and fast rule. It's okay. I don't I don't feel like I'm a New Yorker. I feel like I'm an Angelino. 
and Angelina? I'm from L.A. Oh, okay. Yeah. L.A.'s nice. I like L.A. I'd love to go to L.A. Do, do you like New York? I hate it. You hate I it? Ab- I absolutely hate it. What do you hate about it? Everything. I Well, you know, the thing is, it's not the city I came here for, yeah. which is, you know, everything changes, right? But right. it's just turned into such a, you know, the, 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 the writing was on a wall was on a wall when people were excited when the Dairy Queen opened on Union Square. I'm like, come on, give me a break. Can I curse? No, go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's give me a fucking break. It's yeah. just, it's ridiculous. And this used to be, not to bitch, but hey, it's therapy. This used to be a place where people, you used to come here, like pour off your fucking ass and used to like just... You did any stupid, odd job, and you got dirt kicked in your face, and you fucking made a man or a woman of yourself, and that's just how it is. You paid your dues. No one pays their dues anymore. Everyone comes in. You know, you came. To, you used to come to New York because you wanted New York, and people, not to typecast, but these fuckers from Ohio. I have a neighbor who's like a gentrifier. He's from Ohio, so I'll use him. This fucker comes from Ohio. He wants more Ohio. Like, why the fuck you get here? Right. Oh, you want to have your friend's summer or your sex in the city summer. Give me a goddamn fucking break. And it's unfortunately it's, it's inseminated, and now everything's catering towards that type of mentality. And, you know, it's, there's, there's a whole lot. But, yeah, yeah, I hate New York. And I honestly believe anyone who's lived here for a certain amount of time, if you don't hate New York, I don't fucking trust you. There's two things in New York City, either getting laid or getting paid. Me, personally, I'm not getting paid that much these days. I'm a fucking artist. I'm not getting paid. A lot of people owe me money. And the bottom line is, when you're not getting paid, the laid stuff sort of is connected. I haven't gotten laid in a while. Normally, I do fairly good. I do a lot of internet dating. But the bottom line is, not getting paid, super frustrated. And I'm not the only one. Trust me. I was talking. I was walking around here with a buddy. I'm like, let's not sound like a big pussy, but shit's fucking horrible. And he's like, dude, shit's fucking horrible for everyone. I was talking with a friend last night. And I was, you know, we were watching a YouTube video about this. Like, I'm sorry to ramble. Saw this. Cr- okay, go go ahead. Saw this crazy. There's this like crazy rando person that you see in the internet, and I'm signed up, kind of obsessed with him. And he was like killing time at a Taco Bell. And I was talking to my buddy living in Toronto, and I'm like, oh man, it's like, you know, I was telling him like, oh man, like, you know, I like fast food, but Taco Bell's the one fast food. Like, I even if I hear the name, I just want to like shit my pants. But I'm, I'm telling him like, listen, when you're fucking low on money, you start entertaining like uh, your your food options and like fast food restaurants. This guy's in another country. He's like, I don't know about it where you're neck of the woods but in my part of the world uh everyone i know i know the most shishi foodie fuckers in the world and like one of them she was like well i had the dollar i had the dollar chicken sandwich at wendy's it's pretty good actually you know because we're all in the same shit boat so yeah so yeah wendy's is pretty good it is good i had a friend who used to work there in high school and he told me that their their their, their level of like you know uh their quality has gone off the has you know fallen off the map which you know happens and stuff like that but i i used to work at burger king in when i was in high school and i will tell you don't don't get anything with mayonnaise in it. I think that's a good rule in fast food, but you just want to avoid the mayonnaise. Shit, shit happens to the mayonnaise. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel like people try to avoid discomfort too much? Yes. Um, it's a combination of that and also I think a lot of problems are the fact that a lot of people have a hard time reconciling that a person that they dislike for whatever reason might be correct every once in a while. So it's a combination of that and, you know, I hate to be the guy. Uh, I'm old. I'm glad I didn't grow up with internet. Like, I'm glad I didn't have Twitter. I know, yeah, I know, like, there aren't a lot of 10-year-olds using Twitter and stuff like that, but it's just, like, a lot of people are very, they become very, you know, when you go, when you, social media is a lot of preaching to the choir. Like, you know, you go on, like, listen, I I, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not a Trump guy, just so you know, you know, I'm, I'm you know. 
you never know. You never know. But like, you know, when you go on Twitter, and then generally speaking, I'm going to follow a bunch of people who are like-minded, and they're not going to be Trump followers. So everyone's kind of preaching to the choir. So it's like, it's kind of silly. Like, we're really expounding a lot of negative energy here. But then you save it up. So when you do encounter, like, a pro-Trump guy, or this could be pro-whatever you're not against you, you become very vitriolic, and then there's this perceived notion that everything sucks, and that's not necessarily true, but uh, it certainly feels that way, because I just complained that everything sucks for the past 20 years, so I do apologize for that. Well, do you believe in the internet? I believe that the internet is an amazing thing, but like all good things, there are some bad things about it. I mean, clearly this wonderful marketplace is um, not to not to not to shit talk. There was another, there was another, um, there was another show, kind of like this yesterday, and it sucked because everyone's super negative and they use the internet. Another wrong. internet marketplace it show. It wasn't. A, it wasn't an internet marketplace show, but it was another show. It was another marketplace. Okay. And these are people here who have a sense of humor about it. Like, you know, I, I, I blew money on some fucking animated gifts. I mean, come on. This, that, that's fun. I bought a sticker that says, this is not an app. It's fun. Because everyone here, I gather, I don't know them personally, but they seem like nice people. Where this other show, everyone is like the people I describe where everything sucks. You know, everything's horrible. And then when you meet them, everything sucks. And like you tell them like, Oh, did you see that movie? And I'm like, yeah, I liked it. I thought it sucked, and I think you suck for liking it. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't like the. I like the movie. Da, 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 da. I'm rambling. I apologize. That's okay. Yeah, I have one last question yes, for you. Yes. Oh my. It looks like we have someone who yes. who like to be interviewed. But excellent. Excellent. It's Matt, fun. Yes. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Same here. Do you have a message of hope and positivity for the people out there listening? Ooh, I wish I. You know what? Things pretty bad. And problems are problems, and you should never discount your problems. But you should learn to laugh at yourself and have That's a fucking great. sense of humor. Because people who can't laugh at themselves or laugh at their problems... Oh man, the rest of your life's gonna suck. That's that's going through life in pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah just just, that's just suffering. Just have a just try to have a positive I know it's harder for some than others, but also at the same time, never discount another person. When someone says I'm having a bad day, never say, yeah, it can't be worse than mine. It could be, it could be, you know, it's just like, you know, it's like everyone should just like, eh, just fucking lighten up for goddamn sake. So yeah, I guess that's my message. Thank you very much, Matt, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Uh, what's your name? My name is Greg. Greg. Yeah, nice pleasure. to meet you. Yes, uh, there was very therapeutic. Thank you. Wow, Thank I feel, you. I feel so much better. I think that actually, yeah, this is providing therapeutic relief for people, which is, you know, a, a little bit surprising to me, but it was my intention. And I think the, the other vendors and the organizers would like to know that now that I'm in a better mood, I feel like spending more money. So I have do to go it. to the ATM and then, you know, okay. I don't want to jip you or your donation as Support well, the so. projects. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. feel really lucky because a lot of people are interested in being interviewed and I was a little worried about this um, you get a lot of looks as people walk by that are sort of like I don't know if I want to engage but what's your name I'm Sarah Sarah thank you for coming over and sitting down yeah where are you from Sarah I'm from California where in California I'm from the San Fernando Valley San Fernando Valley mm -hmm. I am from Manhattan Beach California ah. Has, near, but not that near. <laughs> I think of the, the South Bay, like the beach cities where I'm from, as being like the valley of the South. It's sort of similarly like, like provincial and mall. suburban. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A lot of parking lots. Yeah. 
Has the valley changed a lot since you were a kid? Um, yes and no. I mean, there's like new places, but I feel like every time I go back to visit, I'm so acutely aware of how the same it is that like any small change, I'm like, oh, the Ralphs is now got you know, another parking lot or something, and it seems like this huge change, but I think what that means is that it hasn't really changed very much at all. So it seems like it it kind of feels the same. Yeah, it Even feels though pretty things superficially <laughs> are different. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. like New York? Uh, yeah, I really like New York. How long have you lived in New York? I've lived in New York, let's see, for four, over four years, going on five years. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've, mm-hmm. I've been here for four years also. Okay. So do you feel like there's something about New York that you'd like to see change? Or are you good with it? Um, you mean New York? I think that there's like, that I would like to see change. I mean, I think New York has a lot of problems and a lot of good things to offer. But I think it's a little bit crappy to move here and feel like you're adding to kind of like the chaos of you know the housing situations for everybody and I feel like a lot of people move here and they don't really get myself included so maybe I'll just speak for myself I moved here and I knew that like gentrification was like a thing but it didn't really register until I was like living here for a while that you are a contributor to all of those problems Um, and there's no warning before you move here that you're going to be like feeling like shit about stuff like that. We live in a pretty unequal world. Yeah. You think that's true? Yeah, definitely. But it's a lot, it's so much more in your face in a place like New York because you're living side by, like, for instance, as someone who grew up in the Valley or just LA, I think most people who grew up in LA experience this no matter where in LA they're from, that because you spend time in a car or you just kind of like, you're not as uh, on top of each other, just generally there's more space that you don't really have a lived experience of kind of the inequality in the same way that you have in a big city like New York. Do you think there's a flip side to that, that you feel more connected to humanity here than you did in the Valley or in in Los Angeles? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, in between growing up in like the suburbs and moving, I lived in the Bay Area for a while and it was a little bit like a a hybrid, like halfway in between. So it's like more crowded and there's more... uh, like I don't know diversity like people different kinds of people living near each other but there it was like people were very like repressed to talk about that kind of stuff and then here it feels like there's just everyone's more out in the open about everything and I think obviously like that leads to a more progressive mindset so I guess that is the flip side that's like positive right um do you feel like things are going well for you right now or would you like to make a change? Is there a change that you'd like to make in your life right now? You mean on a, uh, in my own life? In your own life, yeah. What do you, how do you feel about, about the way This is a very therapeutic going? interview. This is exactly why I sat here. I was like, ooh, therapeutic interview. <laughs> it's therapeutic. It's not, it's not necessarily therapy, but, you know, it's, yeah, it's an interview think, and it has therapeutic qualities. I think anytime you're talking to a stranger, it's therapeutic and also, like, the fact that there's this, uh, like, pretense artifice of, like, talking to a microphone, it's like the impersonalness that's added somehow makes it easier to be personal. It's interesting. Sorry, that wasn't an answer. No, I, I totally get that. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm trying to make a lot of decisions right now and I'm like not really certain what I feel like I am. Uh, there's changes that I can make in my life, of course. I think there always are changes in people's lives that they're ready to make. Do you feel good about the way things are going? 
feel hopeful for the future? Do I feel, I actually feel the future, it's a tough question. I've been trying to make a concerted effort at feeling more hopeful about the future, but I guess that just means that I don't feel that hopeful, and so trying to feel hopeful is like a... Why aren't you hopeful? What killed your hope? Um, what killed my hope? Well, I, I think there's also a big difference between talking about my future versus the future. Okay. I think my future, I'll be fine. Yeah. You know? Uh which is maybe in like a direct conflict with the future. Like the right. fact that things are quite easy for me and I'm going to be able to find a job, find jobs when I need them and whatever, like it's kind of no problem just like emphasizes the fact that that's not really true for most people. And yeah. so uh, then I think of the future and I'm like, oh, everything's fucked because the fact, the fact that I'm like, well, it'll be easy for me and I'll figure it out is like part of a larger balance of like easy for me, not easy for everyone. So when I think about the future, I try and think that more and more people are more and more aware of kinds of things on a larger systemic level, and that gives me hope that there'll be some sort of like great equalization, but yeah. who knows? Do you feel guilty that your future is bright, but maybe it's not so much for greater society? Yeah, don't you feel that way? Not necessarily. Really? No. You don't walk around ever feeling like, uh... Hey, guys. <laughs> I feel, um... I don't know. I feel lucky. I feel really fortunate. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like I deserve to have that fortune. I feel like it was really random. Yeah. And, and I was really lucky to be born in the situation that I was born into. But uh, it doesn't make me feel guilty. Yeah. And I don't think guilt really helps anyone do anything. So it's not yeah. really great to feel. And I guess the other part is, like, if you're actively, like, well, I'm trying to, like, be a good person. I guess that absolves some of your guilt. <laughs> I well, I mean, the, yeah, the, the guilt can be a, a driver towards you affecting change in, in other people's lives and improving, improving the things that you feel are are yeah. uh, detracting from your sense of hope about the future. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a powerful motivator. Do you like America? Yeah, I do. I do like America. I don't think that everyone who I am friends with or associated with would necessarily uh, say the same thing, but I have, like, a grandmother who's, like, she just, like... She's like one of those people who like came to this country and was just constantly like, America is the best country. Like you can't take for granted what you have in America. Wow. And I think that that like, no matter how shitty things sometimes seem, I'm like, well, at least there's like some sort of ethos of like trying to be good. I think there's some underlying current that America stands for something, which is like trying to be good, even if the definition of good is not shared by all. Americans. Yeah. Do you believe what Hillary Clinton says, we're great because we're good? You know, kind of. Yeah, I think I do. I mean, I think that's also a marketing ploy. Like, the way she, like, Hillary, everything she says just is like, come on, Hillary, like, what? <laughs> but, I don't know. Are you voting for Hillary? I am, yeah. Are you? Yeah, yeah. 
welcome. Um, what's your What's your message of positivity to listeners out there? As As our last question for this session. That's a nice question. This is the best interview. My message of positivity. It's a what interview? So this is the best interview. It's great. Oh, okay. I'm glad you liked that it. That wasn't my message of positivity. Uh, my message of positivity is to that being positive in itself is a virtue, and so try and keep it up. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you. That was wonderful. All right, so we got another interview. Another interviewee just sat down. What's your name? My name is Jimmy. Jimmy. I like your voice, Jimmy. Thank you. Do you get a lot of comments on that? Got kind uh, of a deep... Sounds like you could do voiceovers. I have done a few. I have work, I work in advertising sometimes, and uh, I don't do voiceovers, but I was asked to do it a few times. If you know what I, you know what I mean? Like, right. It for for it, like a, some one-off project yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at work. I, I had a radio show in college for a while. Okay. And uh, good radio voice. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it was a long time ago, but uh, I it was back, it's like in the '90s, and and it was in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York. And I once, someone once called me and said they liked my voice, and so I, I like kind of put on a song and talked to her for a while, it was kind of flirting, and she was an 18-year-old divorced Mormon ex-stripper who lived in this tiny town nearby in upstate New York. Wow. And I wound up meeting her too. And what happened? Well, right away, I wasn't, I wasn't that attracted to her or anything. She was very nice, but her family lived in like some sort of a trailer-like home that had actual goats in the basement that would buck the ceiling. And, uh, and goats we, in the basement? Goats in the basement, because the basement was, it was a little like that movie, uh, Being John Malkovich, everything was very low. Okay. And uh, Was it a finished basement? No, no, okay. no. This was, I wouldn't call it exactly a trailer, but it was a house like on, on blocks. I see. And they had a bunch of cows, and they, they, cooked, they killed one for our meal. Wow. Yeah. Was that just one time that you went up there, or did you develop a relationship with the family? Well, she got really into me. I wasn't in it. She was very sweet, but I wasn't that into her. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't my kind of thing. So I, I kind of, it's funny, we had dinner that night, and the goats were bucking beneath the table, like knocking it up and down while we were eating food. She, you do say she was Mormon or ex-Mormon. She claimed to be ex-Mormon, but she, I think she'd married someone when she was 16 and was already divorced by 18. Wow. She also claimed to have been a stripper. I, I may be getting a little of this. It's been almost 20 years, so okay. it's, been a, you know, it's been a while since I've seen her. And it was, I went to school in a very rural area, Yeah. and this was in the middle of nowhere where her house was. So. Does religion play a role in your life? Um, uh, not really. I mean, it, it used to. I mean, you know, I was raised like typical New York Jew but uh, uh, no other than other than in a other than in a intellectually I enjoy talking about it I actually sure. teach a writing class and I have my students design their own religions that's is, cool yeah that's cool I I like relig- no no I mean it does play a little role in my life in that I I do find it interesting how that p- people develop you know follow belief systems develop belief systems and uh, use them in order to really just feel connected in the world so that's I do. I, I I do connect to my Jewish family at, at times, or the Jewishness of my family. But uh, and uh, but I was I'm interested in that kind of thing. I've traveled a lot and explored other ones. But as far as a day to day thing goes, like actual organized religion has 
Probably like everyone in this room in the middle of like a Brooklyn, right, hip, right. Brooklyn hipster. I feel like I'd be really lucky to happen to interview someone who's actually religious. I know. I could pretend. I actually could it's totally okay. fake it. I no, get, I appreciate yeah. the honesty. <laughs> Do you feel like religion has been good for the world or it's been bad? Uh, boy, I've never had it asked point blank like that. I, I, want it, I want it to just be like, it's bad. But I think that's a boring answer. I think that's, uh, that would be too, uh, too, too simple. I think it's... I think... I think it probably helped people think of things beyond themselves. Uh, and it's probably helped a lot of people cope with disaster and negative things in life. And, and I think some of the, the bonding activities uh, and the common language that people who share a religion enjoy has created all sorts of great experiences, music, r- rituals, uh, communities. But, yeah, I think the tribalism and a lot of the, you know, the shackling of your rational thought is a huge downside. And, and I think that that alone disqualifies it as a viable option for the rest of my life as, as far as being a path. As, but I could talk about it from a somewhat dis, distant perspective. And Sure. Yeah. What, do you feel that um, where we're at in terms of the sort of the totality of the human, uh, if human history and like the development of civilizations, the development of religions, of technology that it's brought us to this point in 2016. Do you feel good about where we're at in the present? Do you feel like a lot has to change? Do you want to go back? Do you want to go back to the hunter-gatherer days? Do you want to go back to the early agrarian days? That sounds, that sounds very appealing on its face, especially the hunter-gatherer stuff. Um, I don't think any of us would be prepared for that in, in reality. I think the, the concept is beautiful. Um, I'm not even the agrarian doesn't sound that good to me, but, but uh, I... I think we're in a very odd place. I think we're in a, a sort of agree to disagree uh, era because too many, virtually every culture that ever existed is now s- clashing into each other at the same time, including secular cultures, techno- like technologically advanced cultures, and technologically primitive cultures, and uh, they're they're really just trying to find a way to exist uh, simultaneously with before they all sort of leaven into one more uh, less less uh, distinct culture but in the meantime I think I mean it's funny this event actually is very much like that it's sort of jokes it's sort of almost like a, a statement on that clash of technolo- technological levels um, mindsets I think at one time if we met 100 or 200 maybe 300 years ago this wouldn't happen very few people from other cultures really clashed with each other on a consistent basis so it was probably, even though the world was probably more cruel in certain ways, there was, you were less likely to have a very uh, confusing experience. <laughs> sure. What would your ideal world look like? If you could design it from scratch, you know, change whatever you want, no rules, you don't have to, like, justify or rationalize anything. What would that look like for you? Mm, beautiful question. Yeah. Oh. God, it would... It would Definitely, I can't believe I just went kind of communist here. Like, it would definitely be some sort of a... I wanted to say it would be some sort of evening out of resources right away. Right away, I wanted to say evening out of resources, evening out of knowledge bases, some sort... (laughs) It feels very totalitarian suddenly. Well, there doesn't even have to be money in this world. There doesn't have to be money. It could be... There could be sort of basic needs being met. And then, yeah. Oh, boy. 
Damn, that's a good question because uh, someone like me, you'd think that I, of all the things I have to say, you'd think I'd have a really solid answer here. I'm afraid every answer I have is just a reflection of our times. Like I can't think as much as I want to think of, like really step back and be like, okay, we would just, we would, everything would be, everything would be beautiful. You know, like I have to imagine, are these human beings just like us or have they changed based on their environment? I mean, it would be nice to be in a place where there was no pollution, where people felt very close to the things they eat and breathe and drink, um, where, you know, their love lives were very fluid and meaningful and, and there wasn't, there wasn't much of you know, there wasn't much need. There was sort of like a psychological paradigm that allowed people not to feel so oppressed because of the way it worked. Not because, not because it, uh, not because it's so lenient, but it, it's it's very flexible and and adaptable to how humans really want to operate. I don't know how to. I don't know if I'm describing that well, but I think. No, that's great. Do you feel Do you feel hopeful about the future, Jimmy? I personally do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with I. I. I I don't worry about the future per se. Like I could worry, I worry about more micro things in the in the immediate future in my life and maybe the world. But uh, you know, the, the 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 world will take care of itself in some way, shape, or form. It may not be the way we like it, but it. it but I, I don't. I feel like if you know, if you stay present for the things you care about, and and uh, you, if you're capable of doing that, it. I think whatever future arrives, you will be able to enjoy it or make meaning out of it. So. I can't, you know, I don't, I don't have some sort of special answer for the future, but, you know, obviously I think people should work to make sure there's some sort of fairness and positivity in their worlds for each other and, and themselves. And I think that that could take care of itself for so long. I mean, I can't, you know, if we could get political, the environment, all these things probably need some more serious thought than these pie in the sky ideas that I'm putting forth. But I think having that sort of attitude is helpful, though, because it seems to me that if we all got on the same page with that, that the rest would sort of just fall into place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, ideally, yes, yes. I, I, I think occasionally things might get tribal just out of some weird habit, but, I mean, I think it's just what happens with people, but yeah. I think ideally, yeah, yeah. If there was, if there was a good intention, if, there was some, if we could somehow align everyone's intentions in that right, way. Right, right. Um, which I think, oddly enough, is what religions try to do. And, it, you know, sure. it's not... I think it, it does come back to that. That's, that's a little why I didn't want to be totally against religion when you asked, because I think there's some sort of, uh, some sort of meta, meta schema that, that people are drawn to that turn into religions over time. But it, it actually right. may be from some very, very good intentions right off the bat. Thank you very much for your time, Jimmy. Thank it was you. a pleasure. Oh, thank you. It's great being on here with you. Thank you very much. Cool. Olvidarte, todo para olvidarte. 
coming to a close. Uh, I've had a really nice time interviewing um, attendees here at the Internet Yamaichi on bell-air.org. And we have one last quick interview to wrap things up and to segue into the next show. We have my good friend, Faye. Hi. Hey, Faye. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good, actually. Uh, Are you trying to be good? You know, someone was talking about trying to be good earlier. Wait, really? Like, literally, that's the exact phrase. Oh, my God. Um, and I, I wanted to bring it up, but it seemed, in the context of the conversation, it seemed like it would be going off on a tangent that oh, right, wouldn't right, lead right. somewhere. Yeah. Um, what's been on your mind lately? What have you been thinking about? Oh, my God. So many things. Like, tell me. Well, so I turned 30. You know, and when you hear this, yes, when you hear I turned 30, it's like, yes, therapy, right? Therapeutic, you know, sessions. Um, Are you proud or embarrassed I'm about that? I'm fucking proud. Okay. I feel like I, like, you know, charged into the 30s, like, on a fucking stallion, you know? Like, and uh, I feel pretty good about it. But, no, it's just, like, I feel like this year, like, when fall started, I was like, wow, my body is, like, deteriorating. And, like, I just turned 30. And so what is it going to be like when I turn, like, 40, you know? Or, like, 45, 50, 57, who knows, right? Um, I got this like really weird rash <laughs> like all over but they look like that sounds like I mean they that must like be like boils. the only thing you can think about that that's basically one of the biggest things that have has been on my mind recently um, yeah like I had these like chicken pox kind of like boils and then they went down at some point and like they scabbed over and like I'm the type of person that always like picks the scabs off because I'm too impatient to like wait for them to fall off on their own. And so I did that and actually you can see it here on my chin a little bit. Oh yeah, I can see yeah, it. Yeah, and like here. Is that painful? Uh it was a little bit painful. But like so the scabs I like ripped them off a little bit, but like it wasn't bleeding or anything underneath. But it like the scabs left the ca- the scab yeah, yeah, you will. I don't know. The doctors, I didn't go to the doctor, really. That's the main. <laughs> but, like, I peeled off the scab, and then there's, like, this little crater in my skin. Like, there's these little craters. Do you do you have health insurance? I, I have Oscar. Okay. Are you able to go to the doctor, or did you cho- choose not to? Okay. I will on Monday, probably. But, Are like, you worried about this? If it's internal, that's kind of bad, right? Yeah. Like, you, you're yeah. worried that it could be a symptom of something that's Like measles? Do I have greater. measles? Have you had your vaccinations? Have you been inoculated? I think I have been. Is that where my pulse is? <laughs> I don't know. Faye, did you grow up in China? Uh, yes. I did get I did get vaccinated. You got okay, but the same inoculations there that no, no, no. When are I required came, here? No, like when you go to grad school and stuff. You oh, get, right, you know, right. Like MM two shots or whatever. Oh, well, I think because we went to public school, we don't we get those before we go to public school. It's actually a rule. Right, right. Um, I think that the hour is, is coming to a close. And I, I, I want to leave one note about the scab. 
Okay, leave a note for the scab, and I have one last question okay, for you. Okay, so the scabs have a height to them. Like, they look like little discs. And and then I feel like now I'm going to write a zombie story because I felt like a zombie, you know? Like, parts of me were, like, falling off, and I was, like, there were these, like, craters in my skin. So I'm inspired by this experience. I'm glad that it will lead to something productive for you. Me too. What is your message of hope and positivity for the listeners out there on the, on the internet when your body starts deteriorating find light find light there's still light there's always light is there always light i think so Sometimes always a bright it's cloudy side. but there's always light there's the always, always light there. but where there's light there are shadows well i think we already we already were kind of making it clear that there were okay. shadows so there's always both okay Duality. You can't have one without the other. Kwame, Faye, thank you very much. Uh, This has been uh, free therapeutic interviews on bell-air.org, broadcasting live from Internet Yamaichi. And up next is a live edition of Try to Be Good. Woo, that's me. With Faye.